0: And I'm nervous, and I just just checked the numbers, and we have had at least 93 people register and come in here today, which I think is wonderful. I don't know if we've ever had that many people come to one of our functions. If it's not, yeah, I mean, I'm blown away and really grateful. i love to see y'all here. And I also had this thing to, oh, by 3 o'clock, all these people are going to be gone. And, you know, it'll, well, I'm glad you're all here. I'm glad you're here. Um, I have a lot that I would like to share with you. I hope you can all stay till 7.30. Is that okay? (laughs) Uh, The first thing I would like to share with you is what I looked like when I came into OA. Okay, this is part of my humility practice for the day. That does help keep me humble. That'll be... um, I will have, have completed my ninth year, is that right? Completed my eighth year, started my ninth, I forget. I came in in July of 79. See, I can't even count anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm nervous, I'm really nervous, bear with me. I tell you, I really don't have a whole lot to say to you guys, all joking aside about saying to 7.30, staying until 7.30 because so many of the people who have already talked have told my story. I mean, it's amazing what we have in common. I mean, if I said to you before I came into OA, I felt as if I'd spent my life standing on the outside looking in. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I had an alcoholic mother who always said to me, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right, which meant perfectly. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, you know? These are all things I've been hearing all day long. I know what you guys are talking about. You're my brothers and sisters. And it really touches me. I've I, And I, this, somebody else has said all of these things, but I have to reiterate. OA is the only place I've ever been in my life that I felt at home. You know? When I came into OA, it had been after, um, well, let's see, I was how old was i 33 i was 33 so i spent almost all of those years also compulsively overeating or at least um being very involved with food and everything and didn't develop a genuine weight problem i don't think until i was about 13. and um and i had a really depressing adolescence and didn't, didn't most of us? I mean, can anybody say their adolescence was wonderful and painless? Now, come on, let's get real. And um, and then from late adolescence into early 20s, decided to try, in all my compulsivity, several other substances. You know, abusing food wasn't just good enough by that point. So I tried alcohol and drugs and smoked cigarettes and all of this other stuff. But food has remained my drug of choice. And those things also I can stay away from in the sense that those are absolutes from me. And again, as has already been said, food is my greed-eyed monster who I have to sit down at the table with three times a day. Sometimes that's okay, sometimes that's not. Starting Christmas of 86, it was not a good thing. I lost my abstinence when I went to my in-laws to celebrate Christmas. A fact I find rather ironic now. I mean, the things that go along with it, but not so. <laughs> I mean, I was at my in-laws, come on. Uh, and it w- it's re- very easy for me to connect some of these things now. Excuse me.
1: Uh,
0: however, I think there was a lot more than that going on, and it was going into another alcoholic household, blah, 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 and it pushed a lot of my buttons, um, and I binged. And that began a long time for me, uh, in and out of relapse. And one thing I think, uh, I have to share with you right up front, my opinion, the way I work my program. The one thing I can say with sincere gratitude is I am so grateful that I never ate sugar in that time. I still have not had sugar now in seven or eight years, something like that, I forget. Seven or eight. And I truly feel that if... Even with the rough time that I had and realizing that I could probably binge on rutabagas and parsnips, I mean anything, if it's edible. But there was a part of me, there was a part of me that knew that I could not eat sugar, even as awful as it got. And I'm really grateful that that never happened. Um, part of what happened was that. Once I had let in the extra food, then the compulsion took over. I didn't realize it was happening. At the time, I truly didn't. I was in such denial that this thing was working in my head. It's called my disease, okay? And I have a disease that lies to me. I am not a liar, and I'm not a nasty person, but I do have a disease that lies to me. And when it's going, it lies a lot and i was thinking these things like gosh this extra food really is tasting awfully good so why don't i just eat some of this extra food and if i still work my steps and go to my meetings and use all my tools keep working my program i can eat that little bit of extra food it's not going to make any difference will it wrong wrong because as soon as i allowed in a little bit of extra food little food I didn't eat guess what else I got a little bit of character defects I was really deluded about a lot of that stuff and it started catching up example I would find myself thinking thoughts that I hadn't thought of for a really long time the kinds of things that were coming back into my head such as um Thinking that I thought I understood what other people were thinking around me, and it usually was something that involved me. <laughs> you well, know, that's—I heard someone say one time that paranoia is the highest form of egotism. That was starting to bloom again. Other little things like that. I was doing a lot of scripting again. I was finding that. Um, after the fact kind of things, I hadn't done that for a long time. I would have been with someone, and after the fact, I think, boy, why didn't I say blah 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 blah? I hadn't done, you know, that was out of my life for a while. And all at once, it was back, and there were some other things like that. And I wasn't, I wasn't real pleased when this was starting to come to me, but I still had this thing. My disease was telling me I could still eat this extra food and work on my program, and I'd be all right. It truly did not work that way for me. It truly did not work that way. I believe someplace here, wherever it is, I believe my deepest beliefs, whether it's my gut or my heart or my soul or my spirit or whatever, that I can't work my program if I'm not abstinent, but I can't stay abstinent if I'm not working my program. I mean, those things are like, you know, like this, and I can't separate them. My disease tried to help me do that. Um, And it it was really humbling for me to gain 20 pounds, really humbling. Thank God I never left OA. I never stopped coming to meetings. I never stopped working my tools. I never stopped doing my steps. I didn't do that. And also, from the time I went into relapse, I started talking about it in meetings, too. You couldn't shut me up. I was amazed. I couldn't believe this was going on. But also, I wanted help. And then after a while, I started gaining that weight, man, and it started isolating me again. I didn't want you all to hug me because I didn't want you to feel my fat. And if that ain't denial, I don't know what is it if you couldn't see it. I thought you would only be able to feel it if you got close. See, I mean, the stuff gets really goofy because I just wanted to be able to eat extra food. It's not worth it. It was not worth it. From the time i first went at my very first oa meeting the very first one i heard when i heard the steps read i knew that what i wanted was in those 12 steps i knew it i knew in my gut that that was going to be the source of my healing i knew it i mean it was just i to me it was a gift from my higher power that awareness maybe a kick in the head you know maybe my higher power really had to get my attention and say Okay, dummy, are you listening? But I knew right away. And when I got a sponsor, which was not easy, I mean, who of us likes to admit we need somebody else's help? I didn't, at least I had trouble with that. But I wanted a sponsor so that I could work step four. I knew it was going to hurt. I knew it was going to be painful. But I wanted to work it because I knew that that was going to be the beginning of my healing. But I also knew I had to work steps one through three. To get there, that was all right. I had uh, those weren't hard for me. My acceptance level was real high about my powerlessness over food. I had a pretty good working relationship with my higher power at that point, which, by the way, has only gotten better by leaps and bounds since that time. But I wanted to be able to work for. So I talked with my sponsor about how she had worked stuff for and um, and I went shopping around. You know, I read all the stuff and. And I got the guides from a few places and all that kind of thing, but it took me a while to find the form that I thought would work for me. And then my sponsor says, don't read ahead though. Do do one heading, do work on the first heading and make sure that you're really through with that before you go on, I said, okay. So I go and I'm just getting ready to do it. And I call my sponsor and I said, listen, so a thought just occurred to me. I've got this older sister, and she was really horrible to me. She was really horrible to me the whole time we were growing up. And it just occurred to me that if I should have to make amends to her, I couldn't stand it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you're all way ahead of me,
2: because I was real slow about it.
0: And my sponsor very lovingly said, Janelle, why are you worried about step nine when you haven't even started step four? Needless to say, when I got there, guess what I had to do, right? But by that time, it was okay. So I started working stuff for and the first thing I had to do was theft. So the first thing I wanted to do was deal with the childhood things, you know? I mean, because after all, we all cheat. I was rationalizing like crazy, and then I had some other stuff to deal with. So as time went along, and I was dealing with these different headings and working with these things and wow it was really heavy and good stuff was happening and I thought surely when I turned that page the next time was going to be sex that I was going to get the inventory sex and a lot of that had scared me for a long time but I was getting ready for it and by that time I was ready and there was even a part of me that was really looking forward to rehashing some stuff I mean you know what I
1: mean
0: (laughs) and damned if I didn't turn that page and the next thing I had to work on was resentment. So guess what was the first resentment I had to put on my paper? I resent the fact I don't get to do sex now.
1: I'm...
0: what I also found as I as I listed my resentments was that when it was all said and done, I had as much paper on my resentments as many pages of paper devoted just to resentments as I did to every other topic put together that I've worked on before that time. Now, I didn't think I had a lot of resentment. I didn't not until I started working on them. And then it was like somebody else has been using the word here, like regurgitating with this stuff was just coming out, coming out, coming out. One of the things that, that I found through my recent experiences was that um, I can't work on my steps. I can't work on me very thoroughly if I'm also overeating at the same time. I mean, how can I deal with what's going on? How can I feel my feelings? How can I deal with my life if I'm stuffing down food at the same time? You know, food that I don't need that's going in. Those are two things. I mean, one thing's got to sort of come up and out while this other thing's trying to go down. And I think two things can occupy the same space at the same time. <sighs> so as I was working step four, I also had a time, there was at one point when I was inventorying pride and um, I called my sponsor on the phone and I was in tears. I said, truly, truly, I did not realize that I was such a prideful person. I mean, this hurts to find this stuff. This hurts. And so she said, I want you to stop right now and take an inventory, a positive inventory of pride in your life. You don't understand, I don't have any positive points about pride in my life. So it's getting real grandiose and self-pitying by that point. And she said, I want you to do a positive inventory on points of pride in your life. So it took a long time for me to find anything that felt good about pride. But I came up with, I started with such things as, it's important to me that I get to work on time. It's a matter of pride to me that I get to work on time. There were other things like that that I was able to find that felt real good. They were really good. I could, you know, balance them out with other things, so I didn't feel like quite that piece of dirt that I had before, so I think that kind of balancing thing is very important. There was a time that I didn't work on my inventory for a while. I have no idea how long, and when I finally went back to it, it was with a passion that I wanted to finish it because it was as if all these things had been going on in my head during this time, and when I got back to paper again, it just sort of poured out. Well, when I was thinking about what I wanted to share with you guys today, one of the things that came to me was that, in working step four on several points, that I realized that I carried within myself my child's perception of many things many memories, circumstances, situations. And that when I did my inventory, I saw them for the first time through an adult's perspective. Not to justify or explain or excuse or anything else, but I'd never really felt them before as an adult. I just, you know, had continued a child's reaction to all of that. And that was really interesting. But when I realized I wanted to share it with you guys, something came to my head. It's a basic thing um, I write, and a basic thing that writers get taught is, show, don't tell. So I thought, get out your original step four and find those things that you want to tell these people about that you had carried your childhood's perception of, you realized, into your adulthood and it suddenly gave you a chance to work with them. So I'm looking through my old Step 4. And by the way, you want to know when this was? I couldn't sleep last night, and I woke up very, very early, and I felt led to do this, right? So I'm going through my very first Step 4. And what do I find, gang? Stuff I'd forgotten about. I mean, it was gone. Now, I joke about having Alzheimer's. See, I can't even pronounce that word of that stuff. I don't know what it is. I joke about having Alzheimer's a lot. You know, I hear other people say that, oh, it's my Alzheimer's or whatever. And I guess that really isn't very funny, but I have to have some excuse for, you know, this dirfiness I have. But when I looked at that and I realized that there was stuff gone, I don't mean that I denied it or that I buried it because I didn't want to deal with it. I'm talking it was gone and the pain of it was gone. It was gone. When I did my first step forward, that stuff was there. It was there. I remembered it perfectly well. Perfectly well. I remember everything that was ever done to me. I no longer remembered many of those things. I mean, I was going back to that stuff. I was like, wow, this is great. Isn't this great? This stuff really works. So I got all kinds of reinforcement for my own program from my own program. This morning is really cool.
2: I had to share that. So what I did for y'all
0: was get some, these are some um, suggestions about uh, working step four. Could, Could I get a couple people to just start passing these out and if there's any extras like bring them up and if you want some extras we'll put them back there on the table or something afterwards to take home and then we'll look at these together.
1: (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
0: these together in just a minute, but before we get to that, I remembered something else I wanted to share with you. It was three years ago when um, I felt a, a really strong need to do another four-step. And as I shared with my sponsor at the time, it wasn't that I felt that I needed to rehash all the things that I'd done before, excuse me, but it felt as if there was a lot of stuff that had built up since my last step four. And I need It had, had had like a cumulative effect that my daily inventory did take care of. So I read step 10 in the 12 and 12, and isn't it amazing how we see those things when we're ready to know them, right? So what comes out to me but in step 10, 12 and 12, most members find that they like to do a yearly or a bi-yearly inventory. So if you've already done your first step forth, that's fine. If um, you think you might ever want to do another one, you might want to hold on to this, too. And these are all just suggestions. So now I do a fourth step in all successive steps at the time of my OA anniversary each year. Um, and it works real well for me. Uh, and you know, you know what's a real aggravating thing? And I know people who have done multiple inventories might have found the same thing. Isn't it amazing how every year, I find the same issues. Now they're not as bad as they were before, or they're not as deep, or they're not as involved, or they're not what, but it's the same character defects, you know, and I, and they, they get better if I keep working on them, but I'm still not perfect, and sometimes that's real hard. Um, let's read over this thing together, okay? Fourth step inventory guidelines for members of Overeaters Anonymous. Suggested approach one abstain from compulsive overeating with your sponsor's support i think there's two messages here (laughs) one is abstain the other one is you better have a sponsor uh in my opinion it's a really good idea to have a sponsor anyhow but especially if you're going to work step four another another side issue for me i truly feel again my opinion that it's step four and the steps after that that separate the serious OA folks from the non-serious OA folks. I really feel that. You know what I'm talking about. Number two, discuss step four in this list with your sponsor. Ask what format or guide she or he used to work step four. There's probably as many ways to work step four as there are people in this room. But, you know, we need to talk with other people, especially our sponsors, and find out how they did it. Number three, read pages 64 through 71 in Alcoholics Anonymous and all of step four in the 12 steps and 12 traditions. Number four, set up a regular time to devote to your inventory, such as 15 minutes a day, first thing in the morning, or one hour every other day. Stick to it. I don't know about the rest of you folks, but I have a problem with discipline in my life. Sometimes, not as bad as before, but sometimes. And that kind of stuff helps me because it reminds me that I'm doing something just for me. You know, today I'm going to do this thing for me and stick with my schedule. Number five, before each writing session, turn over the inventory to your higher power and ask for guidance and direction. It's happened to me so many times and to many other people I know, that we can sit down, whether it's inventory writing, just whatever, and say, okay, higher power, this one's yours. Give me what you would have me know. And the stuff just pours out the pen. Number six, with each subject, go back to your very earliest memory of it in your life and inventory from that point forward. Now that one worked for me real well because it was easy for me to, one way that I did it just for me, was to start out with my earliest memory, but then because we had lived in different places when I was a kid, I was able to to do real well with inventorying things when we had lived in a particular apartment, because that covered X years, and there were memories that involved that. And then we moved into a house, and I was able to do everything that happened when we lived in that house. Now, that may not work for anybody else, but it felt real good to me. Uh, Where are we here? thank you remember to take positive inventories of each subject examples false pride kept me from admitting I was wrong in a specific situation pride helps me make sure I get to work on time eight it won't be long before you'll see how multiple subjects interacted in a particular situation write that down too this, in fact, I even got to the point I was keeping an outline. And those of you who know me are allowed to laugh. But I really did keep an outline after a while of what thing I had already covered. And then if it fit, if I had a, a thing about jealousy that I realized fit in with something about theft, then I was able to like cross-reference these things on, the, on an outline. It worked for me. you will don't have to do that. Nine, be specific. To say that you used people for sexual gratifications is not enough. Who, what, where, when, and how are. You know what I'm talking about? 10. As to fears, list them all, including ones that may seem silly to put on paper. And list ones you used to have but may not have anymore. That takes away the opportunity for them to come back do the same with resentments. I felt a little dirty putting down on paper that I was afraid of mice, you know. But it got a whole lot better after I put it down on paper and then got it turned over. made a big difference. Eleven, don't seek to justify, explain, or defend. And remember, this is your inventory and no one else's. If you can use these, fine. If you can't, that's fine, too. If you want some extras to take to somebody, I got those. I'll put them up here, okay, if anybody wants that. I look forward to today a whole lot. And every time I would think about today, I'd think, oh, you know, I always get so much out of marathons. I always love marathons. I love getting to see these people I don't see who go to meetings on the other side of town I can't get to, blah, blah, blah. And then I think, turn it over, Janelle. You can't project. You can't have expectations for something that aren't here. But I'll tell you what, had I indulged in expectations, they couldn't have even come close to what I've gotten today. This has been beautiful. Thanks to all of you. I'm going, I hope, I don't know what's planned for the rest of this time, but are we going to have any more sharing or can we have any more sharing time? Good. Great. Thank you all. I
3: don't want to share. I just want to kind of make an announcement here. Uh, But please, if you want to share, come out on up. We've got another 10 minutes or so. But we really need help to put a lot of our stuff back up in the office upstairs. Is there anybody that will stay over and help us clean this place up a little bit? We don't have to put chairs away or anything, but a lot of this equipment belongs to us and we store it upstairs. Anybody willing to do that? Tom? Um, Frank, you got time to Frank's a good worker. <laughs> okay. Uh
1: what you enjoyed today? I just you
2: might didn't <laughs> oh, um, people who haven't um, received their sanctuary, maybe because you haven't kept your subscription up, please check. And, um, it's going to be a little bit different, it's going to come out um, six times a year, and um, they really are working very hard on it. They often flip that you can sign. You need to take with you can, right there surely have some. And um, think seriously about it. It does have a lot of news. And um, it does have a lot of news and everything in it. Yeah, To renew them because um, we, we need to have so many in our vault mail.
1: <laughs>
2: Hi, my name is Janie and I am a compulsive overeater. Hi Janie. Thank you. And I too have been in relapse and dealing with a lot of issues. And the biggest fear I had was this was when I get a card or a letter from my children. I'm divorced now, and I let my husband take the kids. And I would go through a big turmoil of why I should not write them, okay? there is that I felt that I should be punished because I didn't keep my kids and even though the overall picture is much better um, I still felt subconsciously that I should punish myself so that's a big positive for me and um, now I look at different ways how that relates in different situations that I do get into um, why don't I want to do something, you know? Is there a reason I should be punished to do it? You know, something like fun, going out, treating myself to maybe a movie or um, buying a new pair of shoes. or You know, I could always relate to spending the money, you know, but I would always spend money for somebody else, never for me. And uh, that's a lot of progress for me in this program. Um, I want to share what I've learned in OA is that it's a whole new world out there. It's a whole new life out there. I didn't start program until I was, I think, 33 or 34. And just the, the different issues out there of keeping an open mind to other people's opinions, you know, that there's, there's no right or wrong, um, has given me such growth. For 10 years, I was... In a marriage and stagnated, that I thought that's the only way it had to go. That's the only way it had to be. And I didn't know I could change it. So I guess the biggest word that I learned in OA was change. And uh, I don't know, from a divorce to nothing, I've gone to four part-time jobs, to full-time, to getting laid off, to going back to school, to becoming an electrician, to further now going back to school, and uh, that's just it. You know, we can do so many different things that, but yet I couldn't see it until I got into a 12-step program. So I want to thank you people for being here for me too. Thanks, excuse me. <laughs> Hi, um, <laughs> Hi, I'm Sandy and I'm a compulsive Hi, nice. Sandy. <laughs> Try not to cry.
4: <laughs> um for the last three weeks I'm in I've been in relapse. I've been going over my fourth step and some ugly monsters from my childhood are coming up and um, <laughs> they're right up here behind me and um, I needed this meeting I, I heard an awful lot of things that um, I needed to hear I've been running I've been hiding from my own meeting for a couple of weeks but I know that this is where I belong and I'm grateful for. All of you. and I want to Thank you
5: My name is Frank and I'm a gratefully recovering compulsive overeater. Thank you. I'm <clears throat> very glad to be here today and uh, listen to all of the good things that were said. And uh, I can certainly relate to an awful lot of it. Um, I think it was mentioned many times here about how nice certain people look and how nice everyone looks. And I think it's wonderful to have the spirit in the air that I have experienced today and I'm sure that all of us here have. And this is a back-to-basics uh, session, uh, marathon. And I wondered to myself as I was sitting here, everyone looks so beautiful. There's, there's a light in everyone's eyes and an inner warmth in everyone here. It doesn't make any difference what, the difference what shape we are or anything else. It's, it's the spirit in the air. And how could you really catch this or capture it and take it with you wherever you go. And then I got to thinking it's, the whole theme is back to basics. And the more I thought about that and the more I listened to everything else that was said, it just seems like, you know, it's the spirit in the air, our higher power, the spirit of God or whatever you want to call it. And then another thought was that, you know, this has been in existence for how many thousands of years? Probably some of the first resentments were came in the time of Adam and Eve when they lost this paradise. I'm sure that that really caused a resentment then. And yet all of us here, just like them, were made to our higher power's image and likeness so that when we look at each other, we should see some of that in them. And if we can remember the happiness and the good feeling and the spirit in the air today, and we can carry the thought with us as we walk out of here and as we look at everyone that we meet as we go up and down the street and can still see that image there. That might help us all to get over some of our hates and resentments and fears. Thank you very much. It was a real fun to be here today. Let me I'm
1: not I just i
3: just got to tell this joke. I've told all day Frank just reminded me of it. Uh, Adam, as most of you know, as the story goes in the Bible, that uh, uh, Eve was made out of a rib from Adam, right? Now, what do you think that Adam said to God when he first saw Eve? He said, hey, God, I got more ribs. You got any more women? <laughs> afternoon I'm Fred and I'm a compulsive overeater thank you it's uh, you know I I I hesitated all day getting up here but I have to express my gratitude for the meeting today and uh, John with your indulgence and the rest of yours indulgence I'll tell a little story too I got a beautiful card from a friend in California a while back who knows I'm in program now and the card simply said If we were all to be thin, God would have made Sarah Lee a bricklayer. (laughs) (laughs) Think about that a while. (laughs) Gratitude. I'm going to talk about gratitude very, very quickly. And, and, And the first statement may sound strange until I explain it. I am very grateful for a heart attack that I had August 23rd, 1986. My higher power gave me a heavy message with that heart attack. That message was, look, fella, for 48 years, you've been living a life of compulsions, including food, and alcohol, and cigarettes, and work, and anything else you can be compulsive about, I probably was i had lived in a world of stress for some 26 years not that i lived in any more stress than you all but i certainly uh probably reacted differently uh, than you did or possibly you did and in enjoying uh, that stress and in feeding it and in watering it and in giving it alcohol and smokes i've been in program since september 1987 I thank my higher power for that. I came in here with a great fear of a relapse. I had been successful after the heart attack in, in weight loss. Uh, I've never had a problem with weight loss. I had lost approximately 100 and, uh, 115 pounds when I came in September of 87. Since that time, I've taken off uh, probably an additional 25 uh, today 137 pounds i'm about 60 percent of my goal but i had a great fear of relapse i i have been there before i've lost weight i've lost tons more than likely i now see hope i see a new family and i've heard this before today i was in a job in columbus i had what i considered a family there that family was my staff that i uh certainly uh, thought a great deal of, and having retired, that family is gone, but I've certainly found a new family here. And I've certainly found a new relationship with my higher power, and while the physical part of the program is important to me, and I'm certain to all of us, that uh, newfound relationship, renewed relationship with the higher power means the most to me. Keep coming back, it works.
6: I'm a compulsive overeater. Oh. I have been in this program 15 months. Physically, the program works. You see, almost one-third less of me today than the day I came in the program at 243 pounds. Uh, I am at the emotional low point of my entire 60 years looking around the room I may be the oldest person here I'm not sure but somewhere something has my life in balance between the high of my physical recovery and the loss of my emotional stability I believe that that balance comes from the spirituality of this program and where did I get it? If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past. Now we wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we can see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook on life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Self-help sucks. Work the steps. God bless you.
3: Okay, I think we better close at 4 o'clock. You want to say something real quick? Come on.
4: Hi, my name's Flo. I'm a compulsive overeater. I was sitting back there thinking, I'm so glad I came today. I've been in relapse for quite some time and I've needed this. I had the program and worked it and had lost fifty pounds and then gave it up and didn't even come back. But then I kept the away in my heart, but I knew I knew it was there. I knew that it was what I needed, and I did come back. And I've come close to giving it up again, but I'm glad I have not. I found me a sponsor today, and uh, I am glad that I did come.
3: Are we going to have a public information night in St. Mary's? Mm
4: Mm-hmm.